The beautiful thing about love is all the different ways it arrives. Sometimes it shows up when we're in high school and sees us all the way through our lives. Other times it arrives when you can appreciate it the most. There's the love that fades, the love that's blind, and the kind of ephemeral love that exists only for one night. And then there's the love that's experienced with ourselves. The two people at the heart of our story today know all about that last kind of love. Do you remember the 2006 movie, The Holiday, starring Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz? Of course you do. And if you haven't seen it, where have you been? Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But seriously, go, go watch it right now. It's a rom-com classic. Iris, played by Kate Winslet, swaps her quaint London life with L.A.-based Amanda, played by Cameron Diaz, in an attempt to escape failed relationships and broken hearts. It's a lovely Christmas movie about all the ways you can change your life and find love with just a change of location. But not all love fits neatly into a rom-com plot. Sometimes we need to give up on the love we knew and, well, take a trip. My main concern was that I was going to land there and not be able to get a date and have to write a story for a national newspaper about how I flew all the way to New York and not a single man wanted to take me out. This is the story of Lizzie, Camille, and the holiday that changed it all. I'm Tay Diggs, and this is You Had Me at Hello, the show where everyday people share their extraordinary stories of how they met and fell in love and sometimes how things later fell apart. Love, its highs and lows, mess and drama, awkwardness and laughs. Come with us as we celebrate all of it. This is The Holiday. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Time to meet our first eligible bachelorette. Lizzie Frenier. I'm 30 years old. Grew up between the suburbs of San Francisco and a small village outside Swindon. Journalist. London. Single. Lizzie is a total catch. She's great with words. Open. Curious. Hardworking spontaneous and always up for an adventure. Surely someone wants to snap her up. Unfortunately, in a tale as old as time, she'd met a stereotypical player, the blight of the modern dating world. I had been dating someone. It was all very exciting at the beginning. 
we went and did karaoke together. We sat in a rooftop bar and had drinks till six in the morning. We stayed up late chatting, but he'd say that we were going on a date on Wednesday and on the day he'd keep pushing the time later and later. Or he'd say, let's do something next week and it wouldn't happen. Lizzie is left frustrated and unsatisfied. All my friends and family kept saying, why are you still seeing this person? But I was holding on to this ember of what it was like when we first met. We can all understand this, holding on to the first few intoxicating weeks of a connection with a charming, handsome guy who did his very best to capture your interest, and then, as time goes by, becomes more and more distant. He gives you just enough to hold on, but not enough to leave you happy. I think the official term for this is jerk. But thank the dating gods, our clever, spontaneous Lizzie doesn't throw it all away for this one guy. She keeps her options open and keeps dating. But dating, well, it's tough out there. There was a date that I went on and within 20 minutes realized that it, there was no connection and he felt the same. And it was funny because I'd left my flat that I share with three others and they were just starting an episode of Friends and I'd walked to a pub about a five-minute walk away and I came back before the episode of Friends had even finished. <laughs> we can have a good chuckle about it now, but at the time, it was disappointment after disappointment for our Lizzie. After a year of dating, the right guy hasn't magically appeared. Meanwhile, as Lizzie and her friends hit their 30s, a big shift is happening. There's kind of this split in my friendship group where most people are going off and, you know, living this life of joint bank accounts and cake tastings and um, considering whether to get a pet. Whereas meanwhile, me and a few of my select single friends are still sharing stories of the people that turn up and have lied about an interest in pottery or their age or (laughs) numerous other things. Lizzie is at the end of her rope. I was just feeling very fed up of dating in London. It just felt like nobody really wanted to commit to anyone. And she starts to give up hope. Am I going to meet anyone? Are there actually nice people out there? She needs something drastic. I needed that shot of energy again to remember all the great things about being single. Little does Lizzie know that shot of energy she so desires is right around the corner. Cue the something drastic. I'm sitting in the office, um, at the Telegraph offices, at my desk. I work on the travel desk there, and it's a cold November night. I think it's about 5, 5.30 p.m. I've had a long day at work, and literally just scrolling on my phone, and I see this post from the dating app Thursday. The dating app had teamed up with Home Exchange a company that helps people across the globe swap houses. This particular ad campaign was appealing to singles 
who wanted to swap houses for the festive season to find some romance. Just like in the Christmas film, The Holiday, the cities, London, and New York. And I just say out loud to a couple of my colleagues, I would love to do this. And they sort of turn to me and say, well, why don't you? Is this the push Lizzie needs? So I swivel around in my chair and I go over to my boss who's busy packing up her stuff for the end of the day. And it is the least thought out pitch of my career. I just say, um, you know, I saw this post on Instagram and I really want to try and recreate the Christmas film, The Holiday. Will you take a story on it? And she says, yes. Did I mention that in the film, Iris is also a journalist? Lizzie takes a leap at life and possibly love. She signs up for this experiment. The deal? The dating app Thursday will pay for everything. The flights, the dates. They just need two willing single people to agree to it all. From that moment, everything kind of <laughs> kicked into action. So she goes full steam ahead. Choo-choo on the Polar Express of love. Watch out, New York. Here comes Lizzie Frenier. I need to find someone that wants to do this with me. So I wake up in the morning and I create an account on the Home Exchange website with a little bit about myself, a little bit about my flat, which is a shared flat in southwest London. And I'm trawling through all the different ads on the site. And I remember seeing Camille's ad and instantly there was something that drew me to her. Meet our second eligible bachelorette. My name is Camille Wyand. I'm currently 26 years old. I was born in Northeast Ohio, about an hour outside of Cleveland. I also grew up there my whole life. I am a mergers and acquisitions consultant living in New York City. Lizzie scrolls through Camille's profile and learns who Camille is. My friends and family would describe me as very outgoing, um, very kind, funny, I love to try new things. I love an adventure. As the holidays approach, our kind, adventurous, and funny Camille is feeling reflective. She's great at her job, but she doesn't have the same passion for it anymore. Like Lizzie, Camille's on the dating scene. Like Lizzie, Camille's not having much luck finding commitment. New York is very interesting. Dating apps are very popular. People are, are dating around a lot. But it seems like the issue is everybody's always looking for something better. I think that that whole last year I had reached a point of just being exhausted from it all. And it had been a few years since I've had an adventure that I've traveled. And I was feeling really down about the fact that I haven't really been doing anything exciting in my life. Lizzie sees a kindred spirit. It seems Camille's been drawn to this for the same reason as her. I could just tell from her pictures, from the way she described herself, that she was someone I would get on with. So I messaged her and asked her if she'd be up for doing the swap. 
And I woke up the next morning to a message from Lizzie. Hi, my name is Lizzie. I'm a writer for The Telegraph. I'm looking at swapping apartments with somebody to recreate the Christmas movie, The Holiday. Would you be interested? And at first I was like, yeah, this sounds really cool, but I, I'm not looking at going to London until the spring. Is that okay with you? This is a little too late for our journalist Lizzie. The press waits for no one. If we're going to do this, it has to be before Christmas because nobody wants to read about the holiday in January. And she came back to me and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to change my plans. I'll make this work. They decide to have a phone call to get to know each other a little better. I just thought it was a good way to, you know, check that she was a real person. Listen, Lizzie, we get it. The internet sea is full of catfish. You've got to be careful out there. When we got on the call, like, we instantly hit it off, and I felt like, oh, I, I could definitely see myself being friends with her. It was just very natural to talk to her. We just connected instantly. She told me that also she was trying to get over a man, and everyone that you met, there was just not that much of a connection as you thought there would be. This seems like a match made in heaven, if heaven was a dating app. The similarities between both Lizzie and Camille and the two protagonists in The Holiday made it even better. As time went on, I began to clock all the different similarities that I had to Kate Winslet in the film. So I was also a journalist, like Iris. I also worked at The Telegraph, like Iris. It was also the lead up to Christmas. Um, I also had been messed around by a man for far too long, like Iris is with Jasper in the film. Um, so, yeah, it was just all these similarities that made it feel truly serendipitous. Serendipity is working its magic for sure. Yeah, it's funny. She looks like Iris, Kate Winslet, and I kind of looked like Cameron Diaz. So it was fun. I feel like we were both fitting of the characters. After that first chat, the two women booked their flights. With just a few clicks, Lizzie and Camille have agreed to something that had none of the banality of the dating app grind, something that was chock full of all the adventure they had been missing. I feel like I should have been nervous or worried, but overall I was very excited and just intrigued and curious of what is going to happen this week. In just a few days, Camille is packed and ready to go. She leaves her cozy apartment, shutting the door to everything she knows, and sets off into the unknown. She gets through security smoothly and settles herself on the plane with no problems. They had agreed to have one day together in London before Lizzie heads to New York. As she's about to turn her phone off for flight, Camille receives a ping. It's from the Thursday dating app, tagging her and Lizzie in a post. Thursday Dating had made a post on their Instagram saying that Lizzie and I were in the air, we were swapping apartments, flying to each other's countries, and let's find them a date before they land. Camille turns her phone off and settles down for the long flight to London. <laughs> and you'll never guess what movie's showing. When I got on the flight, actually, the holiday was one of the, the film options. So I felt like I just had to watch The Holiday on my way to London. 
Camille takes this as a sign that all is well. She lands at Gatwick Airport, excitement running through her body. Turning on her phone, she calls her manager to wrap up some work tasks. My phone just starts blowing up. I'm, it's vibrating so much. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm really confused. I have to finish this call with my manager. When I finally open my phone after, I see that Thursday Dating had posted. I had gotten all these followers, all these DMs on Instagram of random men asking me on dates. And I was very overwhelmed of thinking, oh God, like what did I get myself into? How am I going to pick a date? Now the world knows that Camille and Lizzie are recreating the film The Holiday, there's no turning back. Camille gets in the taxi and makes her way to Lizzie's flat. It was cool getting in the taxi and staring out the window at all the lights. And I had never been in London during Christmas time. It was just beautiful. And it made me very excited and really got in the holiday spirit. Excitement wasn't the only feeling rushing through Camille. I think if I was ever nervous, that might have been the most nervous that I was, knowing that I was about to meet Lizzie and spend the night at her flat with her. Okay, we talked on the phone, but what if it gets awkward tonight? Talking and chatting, maybe we're not that good of friends. We'll see how it goes, because really it's like I'm having a slumber party with a new friend that I've really never met. In her London flat, Lizzie is also nervous. I'm manically um, changing my sheets, setting up the room. I hear... Camille's sing-song voice sort of sail through the window as she gets out of her Uber saying thank you. And the kind of hairs of my skin prick up. I go downstairs and I open the door. And there she is. I've never met her before, but I hug her like I'm hugging an old friend. We were both so excited. I think we were very giddy. We hugged each other, introduced ourselves. And from the moment she arrives, we just don't stop talking. We go up to my room, and she starts unpacking her things. And we just have so much to catch up on. They go out to dinner at a little pizza restaurant near Lizzie's house. We went and had gotten dinner nearby and had gotten some wine. And it just felt so natural chatting with her. She was so sweet and so outgoing. And she was so funny sharing her stories of dating. And I, I loved how open and vulnerable she was with me sharing her stories and made me feel comfortable sharing with her as well. They swapped some very important information. She tells me about red flags to look out for while I'm in New York. So. Don't sleep with a man that ha doesn't have a headboard was one of them that I remember. I think another one had something to do with the color of his sheets. If they have white sheets, it's good because that means that they're clean. White sheets will tell all your business. Or boys from Murray Hill. I told her a similar thing about boys from Clapham. And if they have sports flags hanging on their walls, then that's a red flag. 
Our two protagonists come back to Lizzie's and stay up till 1 a.m. chatting. Camille perches on the end of Lizzie's bed as she packs for her 4 a.m. flight. The alarm goes off at 3 a.m., and Lizzie is at the precipice of this leap into the unknown. And I believe she just, like, woke me up in the morning because it was very early. So I just kind of, like, peeked in and said she was leaving, and I gave her a hug goodbye and wished her luck. And we were just both so excited about what was to come. At the airport, without the comfort of having Camille in front of her, the nerves start to set in. When I get to the airport, that's when I start to feel anxious, start to question what I'm doing. Lizzie loves a plan. She has an agenda for every day of the week. With this trip, she's done none of that. She had no plan. And she has one day to get a date in a city she doesn't know. For those that don't know, Thursday Dating App gives you just one day to match and make a date. My main concern was that I was going to land there and not be able to get a date and have to write a story for a national newspaper about how I flew all the way to New York and not a single man wanted to take me out. I mean, that was a legitimate concern in my mind. What awaits her in New York is for the love gods to know and for us to find out. Our flight is ready for takeoff. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard, wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. While Lizzie is in the air, anticipating the furious swiping she was going to do and dreaming of a New York Christmas romance, Camille slowly wakes up to her first day in London. My first day waking up, Lizzie was so wonderful and left me a list of all her favorite places, things to do, her favorite coffee shops. Camille walks over to the Victoria and Albert Museum and wanders through the frost-tipped gardens. It was so fun to see all the Christmas lights that were up, how festive everything was. London felt very magical in December. As she's making her way back to Lizzie's flat, Camille receives a message from one of the guys Lizzie had warned her against, a dreaded Clapham boy called Patty. So he was one of the several 
DMs that came through and his message definitely was very witty asking me if I'm looking for my Jude Law but I remember having a laugh at it and and messaging him back and I definitely had taken a look at his Instagram and thought that he was quite attractive so <laughs> I thought okay this might be a good candidate for my my date Camille hurries back to Lizzie's apartment, gets dressed up, and goes on a date with Patty that night. This train is ready to depart. Stand clear mind the doors. So our first date was at Mr. White's in Leicester Square on the tube ride to Leicester Square. I was very nervous of how is this going to turn out? What if this guy is really weird? Or what if he is a dud and we can't have a conversation at all? Um, And I saw Patty, he was waiting for me outside the restaurant. He had given me a hug and we naturally hit it off and it was just so easy to talk to him. They had dinner and talked and talked. They didn't want the night to end. Well, as luck would have it, the Thursday dating app was having a party that night. So me and Patty went there, and it was so fun, and we just had such a blast that night all hanging out at the party. I think we stayed out till like 2 a.m. that first night, and we definitely were very flirty together, um, and and both felt like we wanted to see each other again after that night. Patty is nothing but a gentleman. And after he had left, he had sent me a very nice message saying how much fun he had and how he hopes to see me again before I leave London and hopes that I get home safe. On the way back to Lizzie's flat, Camille reflects on how different London is to New York. If Patty is representative of what dating is like in London, then I feel like dating in London would be so much fun. (laughs) Could Patty be Camille's Jude Law? She messages her new friend Lizzie with all the gossip. The next morning, I, I texted Lizzie, gave her the whole lowdown of everything that happened, that I had a really great first date, um, and gave her all the details, and then also asked her what was going on over in New York. What has been going on in New York? Well, when Lizzie arrives, she finds an equally festive New York. First stop, Camille's apartment. In the taxi, I can see the lights of New York ahead of me. I turn on the Thursday dating app for the first time and just instantly start swiping on people. I've got limited hours to find a date in New York before the app sort of self-destructs at midnight. And I feel really anxious that I'm not going to be able to meet anyone, that I'm going to have to just go out by myself. If none of Lizzie's matches want to go on a date with her, then she's all alone in New York on Christmas with no romance and no article. When we arrive in Camille's neighborhood, I can see Christmas trees on different doorsteps and lovely Christmas lights and signs for 
ice rinks and Christmas markets, so it feels delightfully festive. Lizzie gets to Camille's apartment, lugging her heavy bag up six floors. So I collapse when I get to the top of the stairs on her sofa. And one thing I'll say about Camille is she's just her attention to detail is so lovely. She'd left me a bottle of Verve Clicquot. She'd left me a little note with all her favorite restaurants. She'd even made reservations at a few different spots on different nights, which I just thought was above and beyond. Still slumped on Camille's sofa, Lizzie receives a message from the Thursday dating app. It's a message from Evan, who makes a joke about, oh, has my ex just got engaged? Which is a reference to Iris in The Holiday. In the movie, Iris's dastardly ex Jasper flirts his pants off with her at a Christmas party, giving her a present and making her feel very special before it's announced that he's engaged, breaking Iris's heart. Luckily, Evan is nothing like Jasper. As soon as I see Evan's picture and the way he's described himself on his profile, I feel really excited about him. He's tall. He's black. He's got a very kind face. Sometimes you meet someone and they have a kind, open face and you just feel like you can trust them. And I saw that in him immediately. He has a quirky dress sense. She messages him back and they arrange to meet the next evening. I remember feeling a little bit out of sorts because at the end of the day, I don't really know this man. And I'm in New York by myself and I don't really know anyone here. So that makes me feel a little bit on edge. I'd be worried if you weren't feeling this way, Lizzie. What you're doing is very much out of the ordinary. Maybe a little liquid courage could help. So I'm a little bit tipsy when I arrive to meet Evan. Ah, there we go. As soon as Lizzie meets Evan, all of the nerves dissipate. From the moment that I set eyes on Evan, I thought he was cute. There is something that just makes me trust him from the get-go. It was very flirty from when we first got there. Five minutes in, when I've got to know him a bit more, I realize that I do really like him. Time for some full disclosure from our eligible single. She tells him she's a journalist writing a story about the experience, which takes her date by surprise, but he humbly agrees to it. I ask him in that moment, can we take a selfie together? Because I might need it for the article. And he said yes, um, which, you know, is not something I would never do on a date in London. Can you imagine being five minutes in on a date in London and say, shall we have a selfie together? They would, you know, think that you were obsessed with them. <laughs> but I think, you know, part of what made it so easy with Evan is I had my guard completely down. Being so far from home changes things for Lizzie. I think often when I go on a date, I think, you know, where will this lead? Will I end up in a relationship with this person? Will they like my friends? And I think of these big questions far too early on. Whereas in New York, in that moment, I, I wasn't asking any of those questions. I just thought, 
do I like this man? Do I like spending time with him? And the answer to both of those was a resounding yes. The chemistry is instant, taking Lizzie by surprise. She really wasn't expecting to connect with anyone. The evening flies by, and before they know it, Lizzie and Evan are getting a little physical. Ooh la la. We kissed at the bar in the meatpacking district, and then Evan suggested that we go dancing. So we end up walking. They walk toward the West Village in New York. The lights are sprinkled across the skyline, through the bare trees, and there are Christmas trees in every window. We walked for what felt like ages, but eventually we got to this bar and we ended up dancing um, there till the early hours of the morning, which was really fun. Lizzie is messaging Camille throughout. It was very sweet reading her messages to hear or to see how giddy she was through the messages. And, and I think we both were on such a high of like, wow, this is working out so well. Things are going so well for our two bachelorettes, especially for Lizzie. Evan did end up coming back to Camille's apartment. <laughs> no further details required there. They have a great first night together. Lizzie is giddy with her freedom and excited by this connection that has taken her by total surprise. The next morning, we are lying in bed, and I just turn to him and I say, do you want to do something tonight? Which, again, is something I would never do in London. Normally, you know, you wait like an awkward 24 hours before you send a text, and then you decide to maybe meet up a week later. But because I was only there for a short time, um, I decided that if I liked him and I wanted to see him again. And he said yes. He said, I would love to see you later. That evening, they meet to go on a walk. It is chucking it down with rain, like cats and dogs, sideways rain. I've got an umbrella, but it keeps turning upside down. And yet Evan is insistent that we do every stop on this route that he has planned out. We get bagels from this amazing little spot around the corner and look at some of the Christmas decorations. And then we go back to Camille's apartment again and end up like chatting to the early hours. And it's at that point that it becomes a little bit more serious. And he says to me that he's kind of flummoxed by the fact that we have such a strong connection um, when he hasn't had that for so long and um, he says this one line to me which I will always remember which is of course you live in London because everything else is perfect for the first time in forever Lizzie feels like she's met someone she could really see a future with could she move to New York meanwhile Camille is living out the holiday dream with her date, Patty. We felt like we should stick with the holiday theme. And we went out to Surrey and we went to the pub, The White Horse, which is actually the pub that in the movie, The Holiday, Cameron Diaz is uh, 
in the pub and Jude Law comes in, she waves to him, and they end up having a really wonderful night together in the pub. So Patty and I felt like it would be kind of funny and silly if we went to this pub too. And I had also never had a Sunday roast, so we made sure to get that when we were there. Camille and Patty sit next to each other among the festive decorations, giggling over this plate of delicious beige food that the British call a Sunday roast. Meat, parsnips, vegetables, mint sauce, and all the trimmings. Unfortunately, the next morning, I was flying back to New York. So this was our goodbye date. We had a really wonderful dinner. Back in New York, Lizzie is also saying goodbye to her guy. I actually did end up getting to see Evan one last time on Christmas Eve Eve. He comes to the apartment and we order a box of pizza. As Camille samples local delicacies like the Sunday roast and Lizzie chows down on New York pizza, it seems as though something has shifted for both of them. The two women have jumped on a plane and connected with the first guys they meet. And things are going so well. Winter magic is all around. Patty and Evan have captured their spirit and they both secretly hope this isn't the end. Will Lizzie follow in Kate Winslet's footsteps? Will Camille create a new dream of her own? What will tomorrow bring? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's rejoin our protagonists as they say their goodbyes. I was very sad to say bye to Patty when we got to the train station. We may have exchanged a kiss. We had talked about like, oh, maybe he'll come visit in New York or maybe when I'm back in London. So I kind of felt like, oh, this, this might not be the last time we see each other. However, if anything, you know, of course I'm going back to New York. Evan left, I don't know, at about 10 a.m. or something on Christmas Eve morning. And I did feel really emotional about it. Yeah, we hugged each other when we said goodbye and kissed goodbye, and we both said that we wanted to stay in touch. He said that he wanted to come visit me in London. I said that I would love for him to do that. So we kind of made it easier to say goodbye by saying that it wasn't goodbye. As he was leaving, he sort of turned and looked at me. He said, you're not going to cry, are you? <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> and then as soon as the door closed, I just went 
to the bed and I cried. <laughs> Lizzie and Camille say farewell to their beaux. Their whirlwind Christmas romances are at an end. So much had been resting on them leaving their respective homes that neither had thought about the very real possibility that they might actually find someone they liked. But it turns out they found someone they could love. Before Lizzie boards her flight home, she gets another special night with Camille. So Camille comes back, and for our last night, she'd booked us dinner at this trendy spot about a five-minute walk from her house. So we went there, and we were sitting, drinking dirty martinis um, and talking about our dating lives, and I felt like Carrie Bradshaw in that moment. While we were exchanging text messages the whole week about what was going on, it doesn't compare to actually telling the story in real life. So I just remember that dinner being one of my favorite dinners I've ever had in New York. What happened to Patty and Evan? So after I had left London, we definitely stayed in touch for a bit, but the reality of me living in New York and him in London were very apparent. So we definitely felt like nothing serious was going to continue, but we both knew that we had found really great friends in each other. When I first get back from London, we um, do regular video calls, and I really looked forward to speaking to him each time. But it just came to a point, you know, neither of us is going to move to either country in the near future. So we just kind of said, you know, this this isn't going to work right now. <laughs> um, and I was I was really sad about it. Um, it took me a while to get over it. Not all love lasts forever, but sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that ending can bring about a fresh perspective and a renewed appreciation for life's ups and downs. When I was in New York, I realized, you know, this is what I needed. I needed to just throw everything out of the window and remember why it can be so great to be single, that you can just drop everything at the last minute, go to a new city, meet new people, you don't know where your life is going to take you. And I see that as really exciting. The thing is, you're going to get hurt no matter what. So you might as well turn up the dial of all the fun and silly and frivolous bits at the beginning and just embrace how you're really feeling. I feel like this this experience, too, had it was so much fun and inspired me and also got me out of the funk I was feeling both at work and in life of deciding what my next step was in life. And I really wanted to go and pursue my MBA. Um, so it gave me that motivation to finally crack down and take it seriously. These two women haven't found romance yet, but they did find something else, perhaps the strongest love of all. So, while Evan might not still be on the scene, Camille most certainly is. And for me, that is one of the biggest takeaways of this experience is the female friendship that grew from it. I think having people that can relate, having people in your life that can relate to what you're going through and share their own stories is just so vital. There's always space for new friends in our life, no matter what age we are. I think our connection from the beginning, we just both felt like old friends. 
For some inextricable reason, some connections just feel right. I didn't know, though, if when the experience was over and we went back to our normal lives, if we would stay in touch. You know, there was 3,000 or however many it is, miles in between us. In that first year after the holiday, we would, you know, send voice notes back and forth, send messages. And it was just, yeah, slightly less than a year later, uh, Camille came to visit me in London. The holiday experiment joined Camille and Lizzie in a shared experience. Though the experience was ending, something else was beginning. And before she arrived, it was so strange. I felt nervous about her coming to visit. When I started to think about it, I realized that we hadn't actually spent that much time together. Most of our experience had been tied by this thing that we were doing. I sort of didn't know whether there would be enough to talk about. I shouldn't have worried because as soon as Camille arrived, we just went back to our, you know, both of us can talk till, you know, two in the morning or <laughs> five days in a row or whatever. I just remember walking through London with her and just the deep conversations that we had. She arrived with this big suitcase and we were hauling it up the stairs and these guys offered to help us and they looked at us and they said, oh, how do you two know each other? And we just laugh because it's such a ridiculous thing. Like, oh, we met on the internet and we decided to swap homes for a week and date men in each other's cities. So I think we just said something, you know, oh, we're old friends. While boyfriends and girlfriends may come and go, it's your friends that are always going to be by your side. Um, they help you in the hard times. You know, they're they're there for you in the good times too. They celebrate your achievements and you know help you through struggles. So I just think it's so important to have those really close friends that you can go to and always have by your side. And Lizzie and I definitely found that in each other. Even though they're worlds apart, they make the effort to maintain their friendship. It's the commitment both of them had been searching for. And now it was there for them whenever they needed. So while Lizzie and I definitely swapped apartments looking for love in each other's city. In the end, we definitely were the real love story. Um, we've become such good friends and a friendship that's gonna last forever. That, you know, while, while the men that we had gone on dates with were wonderful and great parts of the story, the real love story is Lissy and I and our friendship that came out of it. So where do we find our two friends today? Well, Camille continues to put her energy into what matters to her, studying hard at Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. And in terms of dating, I think as well, I never want to be one to settle this first semester. I'm very excited to meet everybody and make friends, and I don't want looking for a relationship or trying to date to mess that up this first semester as I'm looking to make lifelong friends. Um, if somebody happens to come along, wonderful. However, I, I don't feel like I'm very actively searching for my lifelong person at this moment. Lizzie has a sparkling promotion as associate travel editor at The Times and remains both fearless and hopeful. You know, hopefully one day I will meet someone that I want to commit to and wants to commit to me. 
And based on who that is, that could really change my life. My hopes for the future are just to continue, like, you know, being happy with what I have, like whether that's in a relationship or single or dating, um, to just make the most of whatever kind of stage you're in because the grass is always greener. Lizzie and Camille dropped everything they knew, crossing oceans and time zones to see just what the greener grass had to offer. What did they find? That what they were looking for was themselves. What helped them? Friendship. Often overlooked, these connections forged between common souls are at best a reflection for all that we love of life. Friends make us braver, more open, They catch us when we fall and steer us back on course when we lose our way. Now, we shouldn't pit friendship against romantic love. There really isn't a clear definition between them. We can, however, use it as a guiding light. In each other, Lizzie and Camille found a reason to hope again. They are, once again, following their hearts and excited to see where that leads them. And this is where our story ends. For all of those still searching for their boo and that green, green grass, let this love story open your heart to the love that is right in front of you, that of your friends. I'm Tay Diggs, and this has been You Had Me at Hello. If you have an incredible love story, please reach out to us at lovestories@sonymusic.com. We'd love to hear it. We are taking a break over the holidays, but we'll be back in your feed on the 17th of January, 2024. You Had Me at Hello is a Sony Music Entertainment production. It's hosted by me, Tay Diggs. This episode was produced by Bethany Hocken. The junior producer is Martha Miller. The production coordinators are E.K. Egbatola and Lily Hamley. Kat Moran is the production manager. Georgia Mills is the story editor. It was written by Nicole Perkins and the production team. Alciona Mick composed the original music. Sound design and scoring by Tom Drew. Isis Thompson, Louisa Field, and Tay Diggs are the executive producers. Special thanks to Jez Nelson, Chris Skinner, Julia Stevenson, and Kieran Lancini.